All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, that is a sweet song, man. Love it. How are you? Welcome. To the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Uh, coming to you as always live from our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. They are the exclusive title sponsor of our show. If you're uh, looking for any uh, online gaming, guess what? It's your one-stop shop where you can uh, have it all, try it out, have some fun, but be sure to uh, stay within your limits at PlayAlberta.ca and uh, also... You know what? If you're uh, not into sports gambling, well, guess what? You can try out the uh, lottery. And uh, on Tuesdays, Lotto Max, usually it's uh, a life-changing opportunity for you. If you win tonight, a cool $22 million. Oh, So check it out. PlayAlberta.ca. I uh, I see a Chargers fan has uh, gone viral for uh, you know it's kind of crazy now people I I I I see stuff online and I think now that people I'm always skeptical and I probably shouldn't be but I'm like like I watch so many reels now that are pre-planned you're just like fake fake it's not real right oh my husband's doing this my wife's doing that fake right it's pre-planned it's scripted it's like reality TV people who think it's real it's not real and. Uh, I saw one of uh, Connor's uh, fellow Charger fans uh, going crazy, but uh, ultimately being disappointed again. And man, that's a, that's another tough loss. Which you know what? If if the Charger franchise suddenly just went by the wayside, that loss last night—I don't even know if it'd be in the top fifty 
of disappointing loss by a team that probably should have won a game. It's amazing, Connor. Like your team consistently finds ways to lose. Like I don't think there's a better team in the NFL at beating themselves than your Chargers. Yeah, I mean, the the reason that I think that that lady was not a real fan is because she would know that if you're a Chargers fan, you're going to find a way to lose that football game. That's just the way the Chargers are. So the excitement seemed a little exaggerated. <laughs> I know they're in Los Angeles. There's jokes of it being a paid actress, and that, that could have been the case. I know she was on some shows talking about it, but yeah, that the, the result there, kind of expected for the Chargers. They find a way to blow those games all the time, uh, just heartbreaking fashion, just need... Mr. Brandon Staley to move on. Uh, I actually had a Mark Mujo text me today. He said, hey, are, are the Chargers fans getting these Bill Belichick rumors as well, that he's going to coach the Chargers next year? And I said, yes, they've been saying that for a little while. What? That uh, Bill Belichick might want to move on, avoid the rebuild with the Patriots and go after that win record and move out to L.A. and coach Justin Herbert and the Chargers. That's been a, a rumor because Chargers fans do not like Brandon Staley. They think it's time to cut the cord and move on. Uh, but, yeah, it, 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 that whole thing, I'm glad she's getting her shine. I'm glad she's making her, her way on the big shows and getting her 15 minutes of fame. But a real Chargers fan did not get that excited when the Chargers scored that late touchdown. They knew they were going to find a way to mess it up. Ah, thank you. Um, <laughs> I do want to point out one thing, though. I know there's some people who don't like having kickers in fantasy football. In our league, I was down by point two of a point until Aubrey hit that uh, game-winning field goal, won me the won me the week. So don't ever tell me the kickers don't matter because they matter in Seven, fantasy football. Seventeen points from Harrison Butker for me on Thursday night. So there you yeah, go. that was a big swing for me. So I'll take it. Uh, Edmonton Oilers are in Nashville. If there was ever a place for the Oilers to get their first win of the season, I don't think you could pick a better place. The Nashville. The Edmonton Orders currently have a point streak of uh, 11 straight games with a point against uh, the Preds. They haven't lost in regulation. They're 9 0 2. They've outscored the Preds 48 to 26 during this stretch. How about this? Leon, the, the, uh, sorry, 27. 27. The uh, Predators have scored 27 goals in those 11 games. Leon Drysaddle has 30 points himself, including 20 goals. Leon Drysaddle, Connor McDavid are going to start the game together on a line. I know some people are thinking, oh, it's nervous. I disagree wholeheartedly. You have one goal in two games, five on five. I, I get you have a lot of shots. And I know, hey, the Edmonton Oilers were tied for fifth last year in five on five goals. So they can score. I know they're going to score. But why would you delay it? What's the one pairing that if you put them together gives you the best chance to score? Five on five. Try Subtle McDavid. It's early in a season. I don't know any team who goes wire to wire and has their same line combinations all the time. It's a fallacy. Right? It doesn't happen. So it, to me, I, I don't look at it like, oh, my goodness. Jay Woodcroft, super nervous. He's going back to his crutch. I look at it. He's like, hey, guess what? Our team has one goal, five on five in two games. We're going into Nashville. We're going into Philly, two places we should win. So why not get our mojo a little bit higher? Because trust me, when you score, everybody gets excited. Everybody gets pumped up. So why not go for it? I have no issue. It's not like the rest of your lineup can't match Nashville's. Are you telling me that Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Fogel, and Hyman can't match the second line of the Nashville Predators? 
Honestly, how many of you right now today without looking can name the Predators' second line? I'll give you a second. Can you name the Predators' second line right now without looking? I'm guessing now some of you can because you're diehards. Most probably not. They've had a lot of changes. Cody Glass is their second line center. Gustav Nyquist and Cole Smith. That's their second line. Now their third line's the youngsters. Thomas Novak, who had a very respectable 43 points in 51 games last year. That's really good production. With uh, Luke Evangelista and Philip Tomasino. That's our third line. Holloway, McLeod, and Brown. Are you telling me they don't match up against that line? That you're like, oh, geez, they might get overwhelmed? No chance. No chance. This road trip, you could do both games if you wanted. This road trip, Nashville and Philly, these are teams the order should beat. Now, UC Saros, obviously, that's a wild card. He's pretty good. But, you know, even their top line, Forsberg, O'Reilly, and uh, Yuso Parsonen, are you telling me that uh, Kane, McDavid, and Drysaddle, that's not an advantage, Edmonton? So I, I don't have an issue with it at all. We, we all know it's not going to last a long time. And who knows? I could be wrong. Maybe it lasts the rest of the month because they're going really well and somehow it jump starts the other lines. Either way, the orders just have to finish off. Get to the net, stay in front of the net, have a little bit more effort on your battles around the goal, and the Oilers will score. The only goal they scored, 5-on-5, five five, had been that. They clearly outworked the opposition. They banged home some rebounds. In fact, dry settle. I don't know if he put the puck or the pads of the goalie across the line first, but either way, the goal counted. So I wouldn't uh, – I don't think it's – I think it's too early to panic to think, oh, my goodness, that this is a panic move. I just think this is one that's – hey – for whatever reason, we have no finish right now. We're going into a place where we have loads of confidence. Drysaddle walks into the Bridgestone Arena today. And he's just like, hmm, smells like goals. He's had a four-goal game in Nashville. He's had a three-goal game in Nashville. He's had a two-goal game in his last four visits. He's had nine goals in his last four visits to Nashville. Like, think about it. I'm sure most of you, I don't care if you play men's league, you play rec, whatever in the sport, there are certain places that you feel better when you get there. If you're a golfer, I'll guarantee most of you have one course where you're like, oh yeah, I show up in the parking lot. I'm like, I'm going to have a good day today. And then there's other courses where you're like, oh God, I got to golf here. And you're pretty much done before you start. Well, Drysaddle walks into Bridgestone Arena, and I'm telling you, he's just like, oh, this is unreal. Now, McDavid has 26 points in those last 11 games. Six goals, 20 assists. Not bad. They got 56 points combined. So uh, if I'm going to play Alberta Dottier and I'm looking at the uh, at the line tonight, I'm thinking, hmm, if there was a chance that the Oilers and the Predators – and uh, the orders, of course, on the road are the favorite. I'd still be taking them. No question in my mind. I'm taking the Edmonton orders tonight. Uh, Jack Campbell will get the start in goal. He's got to play better. No question. Got to play better. Hey, Gregor, there's a slogan for some sports 1440 merchandise. Don't tell me kickers don't matter because they matter for Martin. <laughs> Marty, I like your style. I like your style. Be all over it. So, 
Guys, it makes a lot of sense. Leon plays a slow star game, so the Predators they play in his wheelhouse, style-wise. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you get hot against one team, like it's UC Soros, man. One of the best goalies in the league, and Drysaddle's lighting him up like a Christmas tree. It's, uh, I really can't explain it. Because I said, McDavid has 26 points. He's pretty fast, right? He's averaging uh, over t- almost two, uh, two point, what, three points per game? Over 11 game stretch. And this is over like a four or five year span because they're not like they're playing every year. Right? It's not like they're playing the old school days of the Smite division where you're playing each other eight times. They play each other three times a year. Still lighting it up. Hey guys, the problem with the orders is they need to shave their playoff beards. It's simple. Find a way to make this happen. Regards, the stamp hater. Um, well, but McDavid's, well, first of all, Matthias Ekholm never shaves his beard. Connor McDavid pretty much sports a beard majority of the time. Now I'm trying to remember the last time I saw him clean shaven, right? Bouchard's one of those guys who's wakes up in the morning. Even if he shaves by five o'clock at night, he's got stubble and a beard. Who else wearing a beard right now? Is that it? I don't, I'm trying to think anyone else. Nugent Hopkins. No Hyman. No. Fogel, McLeod, no. CeCe, don't think so. Broberg, nope. So, yeah. Now, Stuart Skinner always sports a mustache. But I don't really see beards being the issue right now. And we're, the Oilers are not the New York Yankees. We're not going to start enforcing the, the facial hair policy, Gregor. Uh, did you get a Vander Kane? I think he's got the beard going. Oh, does he have it one going? I think he okay. keeps it pretty clean when he does his. Darnell sure. Nurse occasionally rocks the beard. I get it. I get it. Shaving every day is a lot. Hey, Gregor, tell me, when is Nurse's contract up? Oh, a few more years. A few more years. I'd... Imagine if people could not just watch the game and not think of the contract. I know people say, well, you can't. It's part of it. Well, you can if you choose to focus on something and that's the only thing you focus on, that's what's going to happen. So, way you go. Hey, Gregor, don't those two feel like that in virtually every rink they walk into from Sean? Well, to a point, Sean, but not like this. Like, even for these guys, like 30 points in 11 games, man. It's almost three points a game. That's like almost double what uh, Drysaddle scored last year at a point and a half a game. Even McDavid, as good as McDavid is, he's not 2.33 points when he walks in. Those two are loving playing Nashville. And the funny part is, it's Nashville who's a pretty decent defensively. Now, they weren't as dominant defensively last year as they have been. But again, this is over you know, a five-year span that they're lighting up one of the better defensive teams. So I don't have an answer to why, but if I was a head coach, I wouldn't be asking why. I'd be saying, why not put them together? That's how I look at this. To me, I don't see this as a as a sign of of worry or panic. I think it's one where I'm looking at a combination of many things. Hey, what's the easiest way to jumpstart some guys, especially those two? Because I know they're still the two best offensive players in the league, but even the best offensive players in the league, they want to feel good about themselves. You want them to score early. So I have no problem putting them together and if it stays for the two games and then you come back against Winnipeg and you can switch like it's not like it's that difficult for McDavid or or Drysaddle I should say to go from center to wing doesn't seem to bug him at all 
right? He'll still take a lot of the draws. And away they go. So, should be fun. Greg's, what do you make of Campbell starting? Oh, I think it's the right choice. I think it's the right choice, Nick. Why, why wouldn't you start him? He played, what, 26 minutes? Allowed four goals? I'd like him to make at least one of those saves. Totally fair. But Stuart Skinner since in the last game and a half didn't fare any better. So to me, I want to create a healthy competition amongst the goalies and get somebody to play. Like, it's like, hey, Jack Campbell, you play well tonight. I'm coming back to you in Philadelphia. Now, I wouldn't say that to him, but that's what I'm thinking in my mind. If Campbell plays well tonight, I'm going right back to him. No problem. Now, I don't want to keep Stuart Skinner out very long either. Right, And some would argue, well, Gregor, wouldn't you want Skinner to play against uh, Philly because they're an easier opponent? Maybe. But I don't really buy into the easier opponent thing in the NHL because, quote, just when you think they're an easier opponent, ask the Carolina Hurricanes if the Anaheim Ducks come up and spank you 6-3. Right? Chicago goes into Toronto last night and beats them 4-1. to one. There, is, I, there is easier opponents in theory, but it doesn't always play out that way. So, uh, and the Orders would love to get on a little bit of a winning streak. So if Campbell plays well tonight and wins, I'd go back to him again on Thursday in Philly. Coming up on the show today, we've got a loaded show. The con man has uh, set it up. We will hear from uh, Brian Diardo. Uh, we're going to talk a little uh, MLB later on. Uh, also, uh, Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM will be by. Struddy joins us in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Also, uh, Willie Donick will give us the uh, Nashville side of things. Sean Brown is our Tuesday co-host from 3 until 5. Speck will join us from Nashville as we uh, tee up. And then we got DVD. So uh, lots of hockey in the in the final few hours. We got some uh, NFL, some uh, MLB in the in the first hour, lots of texts coming in, 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Remember, stop in at uh, Jiffy Lube today. A full synthetic Pennzoil oil change, and you'll get 50 bonus air miles right now. Only at Jiffy Lube. Support local. JiffyLubeService.ca. Uh, we will return. Uh, well, hey, kickers, baby. Don't underestimate them. They're important in fantasy. Maybe not all the time, but sometimes. Welcome back. Game day on Sports 1440. Also live on Oilers Nation uh, YouTube. Oilers in Nashville to take on the Predators. Jack Campbell will get his second start of the season. Uh, UC Saros in goal. The uh, Preds are 1-2. and two. The Oilers are 0-2. Oh and two. and uh, looking to get their first victory of their season. Like we saw last night, the Washington Capitals get their first win. Matthew Phillips going up against the uh, team that drafted him. And give him the proverbial, you know what? So, what are fans? It's not just you who have uh, your former players score against your team. It uh, seems to happen uh, lots of different places at different times. Now, let's get to the NFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home to no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. And also Legacy, the big sponsor of Help Your Neighbor, which begins next Monday where you are going to be able, you're going to win a brand new high-efficiency furnace, but you're going to gift it to someone who really needs it. It's fantastic. Now, you'll get some prizes for yourself, don't worry. But so it's about yourself, but it's about giving to someone else. So plan right now, do a little subtle research on finding maybe someone out there that you know in your circle at work or friends or whoever uh, needs a new furnace. Badly? Well, uh, guess what? You could be helping them out. That starts next Monday. 
Now, the uh, NFL week come and gone. A few more injuries, which uh, always happens in the uh, National Football League. And to uh, to break it all down, we are joined by uh, Brian Diardo from uh, CBS Sports. Brian, welcome back to the show, my man. How you doing? Oh, good to be with you, uh, Jason. And uh, yeah, as you said, it uh, always. I know. I know hockey such a physical sport. But I feel like hockey doesn't have nearly the injuries that the NFL does, right? I just feel like in general, you, you know, Sidney Crosby's still out there, right? I mean, guys like that, Aljo Vechkin, you still don't see that in the NFL, unfortunately. No, it's true. Like, you have Tom Brady and, you know, the certain positions, but a lot of the other positions, no. They don't uh, um, They don't last as long, for sure. It's a, it's a rather punishing sport. And and right now, it was, it was a crazy week because, you know, the Giants could have won. The Bills should have lost that game if, if the Giants knew anything about clock management. Um, <laughs> but then you look at the 49ers and you look at the Eagles. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny now to say, well, who's the best team? Like, the 49ers got some uh, injury questions for sure, but is there a clear-cut team like are the Chiefs the obvious best team or are they even meh because their offense isn't explosive as we become accustomed to yeah I mean that's a great point and I think that with the the Chiefs to me at this point have kind of reached where you got with New England last decade where they're they should get your benefit of the doubt every year unless you see just a massive weakness and you know a few years ago we knew that their line wasn't great the year they lost to Tampa but it it got them there right it got them to the Super Bowl and and then they imploded because they just had a couple too many injuries but you know this year after week one you you thought the receiving core was going to be the problem you know all those drops and I still don't love the receiving core. I mean, if you had drafted any of their their guys uh, as far as fantasy, you're probably kicking yourself unless you drafted Travis Kelsey. But it seems like they're still able to plot along uh, and make it work. And and then, you know, Mahomes can can spread the ball around to, to – again, there's no dominant player on their team except for Kelsey as far as the weapons. But they're all capable, right? And I think that's the challenge with them is if you take – you know, one guy away, he can focus on somebody else, right? And I and I like Pacheco, and I like their their complement at running back, and their defense is still really good. And I think that that's that's kind of the thing about New uh, Kansas City that people aren't looking at. So to me, they're still the best team in the league. I think the Niners are if they're healthy, but that's the question. They seem to to never, uh, you know, they can't ever put together a, a season where they they can't avoid a catastrophic injury. No, it's uh, it's crazy. And, um, you know, you look at, I guess this isn't an injury, but this is a return. It was announced and uh, he comes back in now. He'll have the most yards and the most receptions of any player currently in the NFL. Julio Jones is back. He signs a one-year deal with the Eagles. What do you think he's got left? I mean, he's, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I mean, he, you know, so what I'm hearing is he's going to be on the practice squad first, yeah. just maybe as a formality there. They might just like have him, you know, practice a couple times or even once just to see where he's at. But yeah, I mean, I, I hate saying it, but you, you feel like once a guy's career starts to trend downward, you never see it kick back up. Right. I mean, I'm going through my mind right now. Was there a player that's a future Hall of Famer that once he started to go south, he he, re, he you know he revitalized his career? So, but I think he could, and I would imagine what they're looking for is you know somebody that can be a nice, reliable short yardage weapon. You know, third and two, second and three, something like that. You know, I think that's kind of what they're they're looking for. I mean, but even in his last you know two stops, Tampa and Tennessee, I mean. 
when he's healthy, he can still make plays. I mean, he's not a, a downfield threat like he used to be. But the one thing Julio's always had is great hands. And he didn't lose those hands. He still has all 10 of them. They're all healthy. None of them are broken. So, you know, I, I think he could contribute maybe 30 catches, 400 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Um, you know, and because I, I think that's one of the issues they've struggled in is the red zone. So, you know, if Lula Jones is healthy, he can help you in the red zone. And, they, you know, they've had some injuries at receiver. So I certainly think he can help the team. But but this isn't going to, like, put them over the edge. It's not going to get them into the Super Bowl. It's not like Antonio Brown in 2020 who went to Tampa and really helped their team. He's, he's a piece, uh, but he can't be any bigger than that. Looking at, uh, you know, a few of the injuries as the injury report came out and, you know, McCaffrey, that's probably the biggest one in, in San Francisco because Kyle Shanahan mentioned that he's dealing with an oblique and a rib injury. There's Debo Samuel and, and it just looked like with the 49ers when they lost him, like, Hey, I really like Brock Purdy, but man, the, the offense kind of ground to a halt without McCaffrey and we'll see if he's out uh, a week or two. Like the record's so good. They're going to be fine long term, but. Are you at all concerned? Because if you look at Christian McCaffrey, like he has a, a long, a long history of injuries. Oh, I'm definitely worried about it. And I think, I think his usage rate was like 22 touches a game or something. And like, that's not, and that's catching and receiving. So, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people saying, oh, you know, they overused him, they overused him. I, I agree, but 22 is not a crazy number. Like, I mean, I grew up in the era where, you know, running backs had, 30 touches a game, you know, you know, and this is before my time, John Riggins, but even like, you know, Barry Sanders, Charles Davis. So it wasn't like they were terribly overusing him, but, but they, they probably were. And I think that's kind of the issue that we run into with the 17 game season is you really do have to treat it almost like the NBA with like load management. And I, I know Jason, you know more about hockey than I do. I don't think we've reached that point in hockey yet. No, where it's, it's like, all right, we're going to rest guys. No, no, no. But, Right. Well, hockey got players are just tough. There are different cats. I mean, let's just be real. But uh, but I, I do think, especially the first month of the season, and I think with Kyle Shanahan, where you kind of know you're going to be in the playoffs, right? I, I would have probably capped McCafferty at like the first three or four weeks at like 15 to 18 touches or something like that, or maybe even the first half of the season. And But again, we're getting to the point where these seasons are so long that I think you do need to consider, you know, you don't take a guy out and not let him play at all, but you do have to watch the touches, especially if you've got a game in hand, like the Pittsburgh game. I think there was a point in that game where he shouldn't have been in that game, but uh, I like their depth at running back. I like Jordan Mason has played pretty well. He had a touchdown last week, had a nice game the week before that. Um, Elijah Mitchell's kind of been the forgotten face in that offense. So am I worried about them long-term? I mean, McCaffrey, fortunately, it's not a season-ending injury. It's not a serious injury. But uh, I would lean – and I think this could be a blessing in disguise because it forces them to figure out what do we do if we don't have McCaffrey. Figure it out now and not in the playoffs or in the a- NFC Championship game like they did last year. Uh, yeah, if, they, if they're not at full strength, they will not get out of the NFC. They can still beat Dallas without not at full strength, but they can't beat Philadelphia unless they're 100% healthy. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. As uh, we are talking uh, all things uh, NFL right now with uh, Brian Diardo from uh, CBS Sports. And, you know, it's interesting. It's been a great season for the NFL because there's been so many unexpected results from, from week to week. And I, honestly, I think that's good, right? Like you, you have tight games. Um, the one team that got off to a terrible start, but now that Joe Burrow is healthy, the Cincinnati Bengals, 
they look pretty good. So I want to start there, but I also want to talk about the Browns' defense. And I don't like their offense at all, but their defense is keeping them in games. And they got to be considered one of the better defenses. They can really slow down San Francisco. And I know San Francisco lost uh, the game when they missed a field goal that they probably should make. But give me your thoughts on both Cincy and Cleveland now. Man, yeah. Well, you're talking about division, so we might need a, a play clock on this one. But uh, yeah, we'll let's start. We'll start with the with the Browns um, because yeah, I mean their defense has been playing incredible. I mean they have Zadarius Smith and, and Miles Garrett, so let's just start there. I mean in today's NFL, you've got to be able to rush the passer, so they could do that. They have you know I think Highsmith and Watt and with the Steelers is the best pass rushing combo in the league. I think that that you know Smith and, and Garrett are right there uh, behind them. And they have a really good secondary. You know, uh, I think the issue in recent years has been the health of that secondary. As good as Denzel Ward has been, he's had some injuries, specifically a concussion in, in recent you know years. Uh, but he's healthy right now. Their their linebackers are are, are opportunistic. You I mean, they're not dominant, but like you know, Taki Taki just seems like he's always around the ball, right? And and he's he can make interceptions. They can turn uh, defense into instant offense, which you have to like. Um, yeah, the question is, uh, is Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's the question. They can still run the ball. You know, Ford's running well. Uh, you know, they got Kareem Hunt, who just scored a touchdown against the Niners. Uh, I don't love their receiving core, but it just seems like they make it work, right? Mari Cooper, you know, they make it work. I mean, Peoples Jones is, is good enough, Schwartz and, and company. Um, but I mean, that defense is good enough where if the offense doesn't get in the way, they should win 10 games, which would get you a playoff spot. Uh, I, it's, again, it's just Watson can't turn the ball over, and that's got to be. And I think if you're Cleveland, you lean into that. You know, I know that they that that Stefanski's an offensive minded guy. He came from Minnesota where they had a big offense. He wants to let up the scoreboard, but I think if you're Cleveland, you lean into what you are. Hey, we're, we're it's almost like we're the late '90s, early 2000s Bucks. Almost like <laughs> we have a really good defense. We we couldn't go on a run with this defense. Let's not get in its way. Let's play complimentary football. Let's settle for field goals. Let's settle for short yardage with, with with punts in between the 40s. Play smart football. And I think if they do that, they'll be fine, even without Chubb and with Watson being shaky. Uh, the Bengals, man, you're right. They're 3-3 three and three after a 1-3 and three start. That is the encouraging sign. But the thing that's continuously troubling there is the offense. They had two excellent drives last week to get that lead and did absolutely nothing in the second half. And like Cleveland, their defense has been really good this season, too. Really, the AFC North in general, find me a division that has better defense. All four teams have very good defenses, but uh, that offense continues to struggle. They have no running game behind Joe Mixon. At one point in the game, they just abandoned the running game. They don't use the tight end at all. And uh, now with T. Higgins being injured, uh, you know, uh, Joe Burr has been forcing the ball a lot to Jamar Chase. I think that that Taylor needs to relinquish play calling duties and give it to Callahan. I just think Mm. Taylor, it's like somebody that's trying to get on a diet, but at some point he just goes back to his comfort food. And those two drives, you could tell he was trying to be good and spread the ball around having his broccoli. But once the second half started, he was going back to his, 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 his comfort food and, and, uh, you know, and I think that's been an issue in Cincinnati. I think they become a little bit predictable as far as offense is concerned. Brian, uh, give me your thought. This, you know, that division's pretty tight. Uh, you know, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Browns, everybody. Where, where are you at on, on kind of where the Steelers are? Uh, you know, they're in LA to take on the Rams, uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, the Lions uh, are in Baltimore. So, you know, both teams have some tough tests, the Rams, especially now with Cooper Cup. So I do want to talk about the Cooper Cup factor and, 
Like, I don't know if there's a team that relies more on the receiver than L.A., yet defenses can't slow him down. Like, everybody knows the ball's going there, yet he still gets it. Uh, how do you see the Steelers' defense approaching Cooper Cup? Not well. <laughs> well, the issue with the Steelers are they allow – that's been a, an issue for them so far. Uh, they allow the other team's star receivers to go off. I mean, Ayuk went off in week one. I think Devontae did really well. Not crazy, but he did well against the Steelers earlier this season. It just seems like they struggle against the opponent. If the opponent has a very good number one, they struggle. And the reason why the Ravens didn't is because they dropped the ball everywhere the last time the Steelers won. So I'd expect a, a big game from Cooper Cup. Now, the Steelers did just have a bye week. I'm sure that was one of the things that they looked at was, hey, we got to figure out a way to contain the other team's top weapon. But I think he's going to do really well. Um, or the Steelers could focus too much on him, and Nakua could have the big game. But I, I think any game where Cup is healthy, there's no way Stafford isn't going to at least look to him and get his touches. I mean, I, uh, barring an injury, I don't see Cup not having 100 yards in this game. I just... You know, I, I, and it could even be the Steelers conceded a little bit and try to take everything else away. But I think the reason why the Rams are so good with, 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 you know, getting the ball to their weapons, even though other teams know it, Stafford's great at looking a receiver open. He's really good at looking the other way until the last second. And we saw in the Super Bowl against Cincinnati that no look pass to Cooper on the game winning drive. He is just so good at looking receivers open. Uh, he is touching the ball is great. He puts it in great spots. Uh, now, Nakua doesn't get great separation, but again, Stafford just has a way of putting it, you know, right in the breadbasket. And if you don't put pressure on Stafford, he'll carve you up. And I think that's the way the Steelers can win this game with their pass rush. The Rams don't have a, a great line. They don't have a great running game. So if you can limit, if you can make them, put them in obvious passing situations on third down and put pressure on him, you can, you can beat them. It's going to be a 50-50 game. The Rams are favored uh, probably because they're at home. The Steelers all, seemingly always play well before and after buys. I would pick the Steelers in this game. I think the Steelers team maybe even win this division, Jason. It comes down to the quarterback play. And it comes down to this offense of the Steelers, which, you know, you're getting chance at Penguins games for them to fire Matt Canada, right? So things are bad in Pittsburgh. There's no way. I don't, I don't, either way, I don't see them resigning him. Uh, this offseason, I think they'll be in the market for a new offensive coordinator. Should have dra gotten the enemy, but he went to Washington. If they could do it over again, they probably would have done that. But they're really the only team that doesn't have a big question mark outside of 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 the offense. I mean, with the Browns, it's quarterback. With the Bengals, it's the running game. Uh, with uh, the Ravens, it's the receivers, whether or not they can they can catch the ball in weighty moments. With the Steelers, it's are they going to get in a rhythm on offense? We've seen it. In, in flashes with Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, but but the question is, you know, can they put it together for sustained periods of time? I think Deontay Johnson coming back is going to be huge. He'll be back this week. He hasn't played since week one. And Pat Frymuth will be back. So I think this game for the Steelers could be a microcosm of how the rest of their season goes. If they play well and win, that might set things up. But if they lose, it might be, you know, a nine and eight kind of season where they win one, lose one, and it's just an ongoing roller coaster. And uh, lastly, Brian, quickly, you have uh, two five and one teams, the game of the week, the Eagles and the Dolphins. Uh, you know, we've seen both teams have some pretty uh, highlight real weeks. Uh, you know, the Eagles last week, obviously, is disappointing for them. The uh, Dolphins started terribly against the Panthers and then woke up and crushed them 42 21. Um, how do you see this one playing out? And do you think the Eagles have the defense to slow down Tyree Kill and that high potent offense of the Dolphins? Great question. I, I can't see Philly losing again. I think Philly Philly wins this game. 
Um, I think they're going to focus on on Tyreek, and I think they're really going to try to put pressure on Tua. That's been the biggest thing so far this year. The Dolphins have done a really good job protecting him. I think they're going to take away Mostert. I think that they're really going to play back, and they're going to force Miami to have to be patient. It comes down to whether they'll be patient, whether they can put pressure on Tua. I think the Eagles just can't turn the ball over. Hurts has as many touchdowns this season as interceptions. He needs to take care of the ball, uh, but I don't see the Eagles losing two in a row, especially not at home. Awesome stuff, man. I appreciate it. Have yourself a great day. You too, Jason. Thanks. There you go. It's uh, Brian DeAndro joining us uh, from CBS Sports. Uh, busy weekend in the NFL. Lots of buys, too. So uh, he got another big week. The Cowboys are off. The Bengals are off. The Titans, the Jets, Texans, and the uh, Panthers. So uh, adjust your fantasy football team accordingly. Lots of uh, guys sitting out this week. We'll come back. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Jay Woodcroft as the Oilers getting set to take on the Nashville Predators. Jack Campbell in goal. we got a lot of text to get to. 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We continue on the Jason Greger Show live, Sports 1440 in our Ewell studio, E-W-E-L dot C-A. That's where you go. And hey, even more importantly, in two days on Thursday, that's of course the orders are in Philadelphia that day. But you know what? If you're thinking for lunch, well, they're having their grand opening on 186th Street, 116th Avenue, from 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. Stop in. It's free lunch. You can get a tour of the facility. It's massive. It's awesome for all their clients and supporters. And any of the uh, Sports 1440 listeners want to stop in. Uh, some great prizes to be won. So that's this Thursday, 186th Street, 116th Avenue on the West End, the brand-new Ewell location. Check it out online, E-W-E-L dot C-A. I'll be stopping in a little uh, lunch truck and some uh, there's some nice sports prizes they'll be giving away as well. So they're huge sports fans like you. So you might want to stop in if you're uh, out and about on Thursday at uh, Ewell. We got a lot of text to get to. 833-401-1440. 
Now, Gregor, yesterday you mentioned UC Soros. Realistically, what do you think the chances are that occurs? Thanks from Ted. Well, Ted, like I had mentioned yesterday, I just said if, and it was a big if, if it gets to the point and any trade for UC Soros, I suspect if there is one, and I don't know how open Nashville is, but the fact that they traded Ekholm, and I look at UC Soros, now maybe it's different. You know, they looked, Ekholm was five years older, so they're like, you know what? We're retooling. You look, you know, they got their kid line. They got some youngsters. They're trying to get a little bit younger. Would they want to move Saros? I would guess probably not. But, you know, like look at Hellebuck. Everybody thought he was going to get traded. He signed. Like when you get a really good defense, a goaltender, why would you trade him? So my initial thought is I think it's going to be very low chance it happens. To answer your question, I would say extremely low. But for whatever reason, Nashville to me I think would really have to tank this year. And then they would look to say, okay, you know what, we're going to retool. And if you're trading now, here's what's unique about Saros is it's very difficult to say what would the trade be because historically goalies don't get a huge return. Like, look at it. Like, sure, you'd get a first rounder, but it's like a first rounder. You're talking like, you know, if it's in the case of Edmonton, that probably means it's going to be from 25 to 32. So that's difficult. Like, yeah, it's a first rounder, but it's not like it's a top 10. Right, And some first-round picks can pan out, but lots of them in the 25 to 32 range don't, at least to being top-end players. So I would think that's what it would be. Now, to make the cap work, you'd have to ship the money out. Well, obviously, the $5 million in, well, there's one $5 million goaltender in Edmonton. But if you're national, do you really want that? He's got three more years left, right? So you probably have to even pay more to have that part of it. Right? Like They probably would say, well, we'll give you Cyrus, but we want Skinner. Because, you know, there's a young goalie we think we could build around. So, you know, there's that factor involved. So to answer your question, I think it would be rather low, to be honest. So. Hey, guys, I was on NHL radio a couple of days, and the commenter said Edmonton is where goalies go to die because of our defense. I can't help but feel he's right. Hoping Ekholm can stabilize, but it seems ironic we're asking him as opposed to our $9 million supposed defenseman, Mark. Well, it's funny about that, Mark. Mike Smith had like some of his best career numbers in Edmonton. Right, Stuart Skinner, as Kevin Woodley pointed out yesterday, when Stuart Skinner was drafted, did people have him as a can't miss prospect? No. Right, Miko Koskinen was never in the NHL before he came to Edmonton, other than like four games eight years earlier. Like Cam Talbot didn't come in here to die. He had two really good years. Then the third year, Cam Talbot struggled. But you know, the one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot about Cam Talbot, go back and look at that season and look at his to start the year. His first few games were okay. The orders were negotiating. Peter Shirelli was negotiating a contract with Cam Talbot. It got pulled off. the t- Cam Talbot and his camp thought they were close to getting an extension. And then Shirelli pulled it off the table and just said no and basically went cold in negotiations. And then at the end of January, that's when they announced, oh, by the way, Miko Koskinen's going to get the three-year contract, not Cam Talbot. And so rightly, right or wrong, that impacted Cam Talbot mentally for sure. He's like, what? What's going on here? Right? But even if you just look, even though as bad as that year was, his career average save percentage in Edmonton was basically the same as his entire career. He had two good years, then the third year wasn't good, but he's still an average of 9, 12, 9, 13 save percentage. It's what he was. So he didn't come here to die. So I I always love people who like to make claims 
that aren't factual. Opinion Too often in society today, everyone's like, well, I'm entitled to your opinion. Yes, but opinion doesn't trump fact. Your opinion isn't more valid than someone's actual facts. Right? Mike Smith didn't come to die in Edmonton. He had some of his best years. Cam Talbot, too. That third year struggled, no question. Stuart Skinner's never played in the NHL. He was a rookie of the year finalist. He made the all-star team. And now he's gone there to die because he's had a tough, what is that, 100 minutes? Like, give me a break. Right? I, I just, I think there's so many commentators who like to just be hot take people now. Oh, what's what can be my hot take of the day? I don't even care if it's true. I'm just going to say it because, woohoo, people are going to respond. Like, it's just, I think it's lazy. I think it's uneducated, to be honest. And I loathe it. It's like my biggest pet peeve. It's like the hot take society. God, I can't stand it. It's the worst. So, yeah, I don't uh, I don't think they come here to die. Like Miko Koskin was, they made him an, a decent backup. He was never an NHL goalie before. And then you know what? He made $13.5 million in Edmonton. And then he went to, to Europe. And I do remember talking to Miko. The uh, The COVID year was very diff- very tough on him because he didn't get to see his family. He waited till the last minute he came over, and then he was gone. didn't see his family for four and a half months. And that was just something that, you know, his kids were really young, and it really bothered me. He's like, you know what? I've made a lot of money. I want to go somewhere where I can be around more. I'm not traveling all the time. And that was his choice. And guess what? He was able to make that choice because he signed a really good contract. So good for him. I don't, uh, I don't have an issue with it at all. So... Is it too early to be concerned about the long term of Jack Campbell? That one comes from Dan. It's a really good question, Dan. Last year, no question, bad year. It's too early to be worried this season, though. I think it's too early to be worried about this year. I thought Jack Campbell looked really good in the preseason. And he didn't look terrible in Vancouver. So I would need to see more from Campbell. Do I think Campbell's ever going to live up to being a regular starter? Like Probably not. And if he is, he'll be like a middle-of-the-road starter. And he's kind of paid like a middle-of-the-road starter. So that's kind of how, uh, how I look at it. So I think they're, you know, if Jack Campbell is below average this season, no question there's major concern for that. But you know what? We've seen other teams find ways to get out from what people called untradeable contracts. Wouldn't be the first. Wouldn't be the last. So, you know, and, and here's the other thing. Like, look at Jacob Markstrom in Calgary. Remember when everyone's like upset the orders didn't get Markstrom? Well, which Markstrom? The guy who's a 922 and a 918 or the guy who's an 890 and a 902? Like, which one do you want? Obviously, we both, everybody would say they want the good one, but he's had two good years and he's had two bad years. And he was considered a lock to be a good free agent signing. So, man, I don't like that's why I get Kevin Woodley on the show because he can give us good insight into the goaltenders. Because honestly, I'd be lying if I try to say now outside of certain guys. If I want to sit at the start of the year and say, "Hey, guess what? I think Sorokin's going to be good. I think Jake Ottinger's going to be good. I think Shesterkin's going to be good." You know, I would be very confident in making those statements. But after like six or seven, then you're like, "What?" Do I think Markstrom is going to be good? Eh, maybe. 
Which year we? Which marks am I getting? I don't know. Like, did you see that goal he led in last night? Eesh. It's tough. So it's difficult, man. It is. Uh, it's a very tough position from year to year, and for the organ. And here's the funny thing: the Islanders have one of the best goalies, and they're wasting him because they can't score to save their life. So it's uh, it's a challenge. Two fifty-seven. Jason Greger. Connor Hallett with you. Sean Brown is going to join us next. But first, here's a comment and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home with no payment. No interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all summer at LegacyHeating.ca. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.